All right, welcome to the Ridge. Man, I'm so glad that you are here this morning. And let me just start off by saying, I just want to say a big thanks. Thank you to everybody uh, for helping us stay safe here at the Ridge, for wearing your mask and taking temperature checks and registering. I know it's a hassle, but it means a whole lot. Um, so thank you for doing that. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in online. We are so glad that you chose to worship with us wherever you are. And if you're tuning in later, like in your car ride to work or on your jog or whatever like that, we're, thank- we're just thankful that you're with us. Now, before I get into today's message, I got a big announcement, okay? Who, who in here is ready for Christmas already? Let me see. Raise your hands. Woo, okay, that's a lot of you. How many of y'all are like me and you think we ought to be celebrating one holiday at a time, please, and we're not done with things? Okay, there's my people right there. In fact, how many of y'all are boycotting Sunny 100 because they're already playing Christmas music? Yes. Thank you. Uh, Here's the deal, though. We've got to start thinking about Christmas. It's right around the corner. And I want to let you know that we have a special Christmas mission project that we want your family to take part in. Okay, and here's how it's going to work. We have a virtual angel Christmas tree. Okay, we're not going to have a Christmas tree here that everybody gets to take a tag off of. No, we want you to sign up to be a part of it. And we have two different groups that we're supporting this year for Christmas. We are doing the Columbus Foster Care. Okay, and then also... Uh, Lexi McRae, many of y'all know her. We've done a lot with her. She was undergoing chemo treatments up at the Children's Hospital of Atlanta. What she's doing is she's helping us find some teenagers up there that are going through uh, their chemo treatments um, and helping uh, provide them gifts for Christmas. Sometimes the older kids kind of get left out um, of that whole process. So she's helping us uh, grab some more. This was all her idea too. So we are really excited about it. Um, so what we want to do is we want to get you to help us provide some Christmas for these kids, whether it's the foster care or the Children's Hospital of Atlanta. Um, you get to choose. You can do one of each or you can do both. It's up to you. Here's how you do it. Go on the Ridge app right now. Everybody go ahead and pull out your phone and go to the Ridge app and let me show you where it is. Right when you open up the page, if you'll scroll down just a little bit, you'll see that Christmas picture there, okay? Um, go ahead and click on that and it takes you to a registration link, okay? And what's going to happen is that once you register, Miss um, Ann Webb, Don and Ann Webb, that part of the Good Works Project, they're going to get your information and then they'll be in touch with the details of what your child or what a child would need, okay? And then you can be in communication with them. We're going to ask for you to drop it off at the office at the beginning of December, December 1st, December 2nd. We're still working on those details. But the important part is you go ahead and get that gift and just hold on to it for us, okay? And then we'll collect them all together. Now, here's another idea. One more idea while we're thinking about this. Thanksgiving weekend, we are going to not have in-person worship Thanksgiving weekend. Now, we're still going to have online worship at 1030, just like normal. But here's the thought. Maybe you can grab one of these children um, and go shopping for them as a family together on that Sunday morning during church time, okay? You can use that as a family um, act of mission together. This is one of the only times that me as your preacher will tell you to go to Target instead of being in church, okay? Which I know some of y'all have done before, just saying, okay? But this time it's legit, okay? Um, But maybe use that weekend. It's the big shopping weekend, Black Friday, all that kind of mess, you know, while you're out or just wait for Sunday morning and say, you know what? As a family, We're going to do this for our church family, and we're going to go be a part of a mission experience together, okay? Use that time with your kids and just kind of teach them um, what it means to give back. So anyway, that's just a thought. Just going to throw that out there, okay? Um, But needless to say, this is for you online as well. If you want to take part on this, 
um, just go ahead and register, and you can mail us those gifts if you're out of state. I know we got a couple, a uh, few families that worship with us all over uh, the United States. If you want to mail us those gifts, that would be excellent. Okay, that's all of that right now. I know I took a long time on that. It's hard to believe that Christmas is right around the corner. Goodness, everything is moving so fast. Let's jump into today's message. Okay, for those of you who have been with us, what we're doing... Y'all, listen, every year I take some time out and kind of go through this process of defining who God is and what he expects out of us and what he wants for us as Christian believers, okay? And so that's, you're in the middle of that right now. We're in this series called The Perfect Fit, okay? And we're basically just trying to understand, like, how do we fit in with God? How do we fit in with who he is and what he has planned and what he wants next for us, in the first week we dove into this, we said, you know what, first things first, we got to start out by reminding everybody that you are called by God. He knows you and he calls out to each one of us to live into his purpose. So then the second week we said, okay, so if he calls us and we get to live into his purpose, then what is the purpose? Like, what is the point? Where do I find how I fit in with God? And so the second week we dove into that and we said, you know what, we are called to be loved. So he calls out to us, and the first thing that he calls out, he wants us to be loved. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. He wants you to, to, to love him because he loves you so much. So that was the first week. The second week, last week, we talked about how you are not only meant to be in a relationship with God, but you are meant to be in a relationship with a church family. You're meant to belong and to be a part of a church family that helps you and that strengthens you. And so I used that opportunity last week to talk a little bit about politics. And if you missed it, you can go um, check, it up, uh, check it out online, okay? But we talked about being a place here at the Ridge, okay? In our church family where people are loved, where they're accepted, where they're united, and where they are trusting Jesus. And if we can do that, not only do we find a great place to belong, but we help others find a great place to belong, okay? And so those, that brings us up to this week. And y'all, this is one of my favorite talks to give. Again, I do this every year. I talk a little bit about what it means to grow more, to become like Jesus. That's the next part of where we fit in with God, is we need to talk a little bit about spiritual growth, okay? And if you start to see how all this fits together, how all this is important. The first one is, is to understand that we are meant to be in a loving relationship with God and then we are meant to belong in the church family where we can use our gifts and where we can serve and we can love each other. And then the third part of that, all of that helps us lead to this point where we start looking at our own spiritual growth and how we can become more like Jesus. That's a big part of finding out how I fit in with God is to know that he expects me to move forward and to keep growing and to keep becoming like his son, Jesus Christ. To grow up, to grow up and to mature, to become like him. You know, it was a lot of fun. We did something different this year. We did the Hoot Nanny online. And one of my favorite parts of this were the uh, costumes. And I love the costumes that were sent in this year. And I got a few to share with you. Here's the, the first one is the cat and mouse. I love this. Lil and Lane here. And what, what, what makes this so good is that they're acting it out, right? So just that, that was one of my favorites. Another favorite of mine, here's the second one, is, uh, here we go, Jack Bowden, man, is it the mailman. And even though I'm still a little disappointed, I love my bulldogs, okay? So he gets moved up to the top. But the favorite one, okay, the one that won it all, are y'all ready for this? Prepare yourself. Here was the big winner. 
was a Slomers. <laughs> Don't you wish you had a little sensor box when you were wearing that at the hospital following you around? I love that. But anyway, okay, you take that off. That's enough for right now. Wayne's just going to keep throwing that up. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay, that's it. <laughs> uh, listen, you remember what it was like to be a kid, right? And how you would dress up for Halloween or maybe you had an outfit that you would put on of who you wanted to become when you grew up. How many of us actually lived into those things, right? Like when we were little, it was always the same things. It was a nurse, it was a doctor, right? It was a firefighter, a policeman, all all those kind of things. But how many of us actually became what we thought we would become when we were like eight years old? You see, the Bible says that God created us right? That God created us, and he has a a, a perfect plan for each one of us, okay? A plan to be loved, a plan to belong, and a plan to become like Jesus, to be transformed more into his likeness. Now, how do I know all this? Like, where do I get all of this from? Well, it comes from Romans 8, 28. Let's look at this verse together real quick. This is what we've been in over the past couple of weeks. But let's start with the beginning. It says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God, and here, here's the big part, and are called according to his purpose for them. So there we go. Okay, that, that's what we started out with in the first week. We are called, right? He calls out to us, and he has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. Next verse, he says, For God knew his people in advance. Okay, again, this is like before you were born, man. He knew how many hairs you would have on your head. He knew you. He, knew, he calls you by name, right? And guess what? He's got a plan for you. Keep reading. He says, and he chose them. He chose us to become what? Like his son. That's part of the plan. That's part of the process is to become more like you. What does it mean when he says that he chose us to become like his son, You know, it doesn't mean that we're to become like a mini-god or anything, right? I mean, you know, some of us need to remember that. Like, that that really helps us not stress out. Like, he's God, right? And I'm not. So I'm going to have to trust in him no matter what's going on in the world around us, like we said a couple of weeks ago. But the main point is what he does want from us is he does want us to become more godly, more god like, right, to take on the characteristics of his son. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, he came to save us from our sins. No doubt about it. Beautiful thing, right? The gospel message is what drives us, right? But Jesus also came to teach us and to show us how to live, how to become, right? And in his stories, the stories that we read about Jesus, man, we find more about his love and grace and peace and patience and all these, this perfect image of what God wanted for, for Jesus, what it's like to be God-like, but also this perfect image of what we need to become like. So it's, it's pretty interesting, though, over and over and over again in Scripture. When it talks about spiritual growth, there are many different instances in Scripture where it compares it to, like, running a race. Okay, um, it, 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 the race of life. Right? Maybe, maybe that's why they call it the human race. <laughs> okay, wow, that was really, really bad. I mean, no reaction. Sometimes I find it funnier when that happens. 
Anyway, let's move on from that. But this race, the human race, okay, the, the race that we're in, it's not a quick race. It's a long, drawn-out marathon, right? And the reason that we got to remember that is because it's not like one day we just wake up thinking we're going to run a race, right? It's not like one day you just wake up and you're like, oh, you know what? I feel like today I could tackle a half marathon or a full marathon, 26 miles. I think I'm ready. Where's the nearest race that I can go to? That's, that's not what happens, right? When people get ready for a race, this is why this is such a good illustration and why it's used so many times in scriptures because they train and they train and they work and they, they progress each week and they get further and further and further along. Like each week they're adding a mile you know, and, and then they add another mile, and then they add another mile until they're ready to run that race. And then they got the long, drawn-out process of going through the race itself. And that's part of what life is like. We're in a race, right? We're, we're competing, and our goal should be that we train, and we push, and we go further and further. And we get closer to that finish line of what God wants for each one of us. So what I want to do today is I want to look at one particular place. There are actually six different places in Scripture where it lays out that life is uh, like a race. But today what I want to do is I want to focus on the, the book of Hebrews. It's one of my favorites. And again, I love this talk about spiritual growth, okay? And I, I do this once a year. Just talk about what it means to grow closer to Christ and, and, and how that relates to the race that we are all in together. I want to draw out a few principles with you as we look through the book of Hebrews. So if you got your message notes, go ahead and open those up. If you got the Ridge app, we're going to fill in a couple of blanks together. For those of you that are online, I'm looking for the camera. There you are. Um, Go ahead and open up the app, and we're going to fill in some blanks together, okay? Point number one is this, okay? We got to simplify your life. Simplify your life, okay? Go ahead and write that down, simplify your life, and then we're going to jump into this first verse that comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Okay, there are two parts to this verse that I want to talk about when it comes to simplifying your life. And the first verse, the first part of this verse is that we got to strip off all the extra weight that wants to hold us back. It's always interesting to me to see what people run in today. You know, I'm a runner, and I haven't, um, you know, I'm not where I wear those little running shorts yet. Can't do it, right? But y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And the reason that runners do that, and they, they wear those lightweight materials is because they, they try to strip off all the extra weight. I'm always amazed at how how hold a pair of running shoes sometimes, and they're so light you can barely even feel them, right? But part of simplifying means that we got to strip off the extra weight that we're carrying around. And for some of us, especially right now, with everything that's going on, we've got a lot that we're carrying on us that is just weighing us down, and it's keeping us It's holding us back from growing closer to Christ. And you know what? This is different for different people. Simplifying means I got to take off the extra junk that's in my life that clutters me up. And it may mean for some of you, your schedule. Clearing some things off. Getting some priorities straight. Maybe for others of us, it means stripping away all the junk that we're carrying in our minds. 
that's just bogging us down? There's a lot, especially right now with everything we're dealing with over this past week that just clutters up here. Some of us, it might even be relationships that we need to kind of strip off a little bit, pull back from. But the point is, we got to get rid of all the unnecessary junk that just holds us back from becoming who Jesus wants us to be. That means letting go of all the diversions, the distractions, the detours, the dead ends, and all those time wasters. But then the other part of this verse that I love, that I always point out, is that we got to strip back and take off all the expectations around us too. Because it says, at the end of this verse, we got to run the race that God has set before us. That means he's got a particular race for me. And it's different than the race he has for you. And it's different than the expectations that you have. So don't try to put your expectations on me. I'm not running your race. I'm running the race that God has for me. I remember when I uh, competed in the... not competed, I didn't really compete, but when I ran in the half marathon for the um, soldier race a few years back, when I got there, there were certain pace setters that were holding signs. They ran the whole time with a sign in the air that would show, like, if you stayed with this person, you could do, you know, you would average this time. And I, I looked at the first person I saw was a six-minute pace mile, and I was like, I ain't dying for this, <laughs> Right? That is not my race. And then I looked over and I found a 12-minute mile. And, th- and then I started to get a little prideful. And I was like, well, I'm better than that, right? So, but I found the guy that was eight and a half minute mile. And I was like, that's my race right there. That's the race I feel like I am meant to run. And that's the one that I stuck with. I'm going to run my race. And the reason I bring that up, especially right now, is because isn't it amazing how everybody tries to get us to run their race? Have you ever noticed how many people think they know what you should do, what I should do? How, how many people have a plan for your life? Right? Everybody. But it's got to be up to us to decide whose race am I going to run. i got to run the race that God created me to run. I'm not called to be like that person or this person or, or this or that. You know, I'm called for a specific purpose. And so that means sometimes what that means is i got to look at my life and i got to be willing to let go and i got to be willing to strip off and i got to be willing to get rid of the junk that's holding me back and all the expectations that other people put on me. And i got to know that God's got a race set for me. And I'm going to run my race and what he's called for me to do. So maybe it means simplifying things. Number two is this, is we got to have some patience. Becoming more like Jesus, running that race. Listen, you got to have some patience. And the reason I say this, look at how the Living Bible translates chapter 12, verse 1. Same verse. I want to, I want to show you how the Living Bible translates this. It says, let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Focus on that word, patience, right there. So another running example, last Friday I was running, and I wore myself out, and I know what happened is that I started off, at the beginning of my run, it's, it's uphill, and I started off too fast. And I, got, I run with an app, and so, you know, I got a timer on there, and so after about a half mile in, I realized what it was doing. And what it did was it wore me out for the rest of the day. The rest of the day I kept telling Shannon, I was like, oh, I'm so tired. And I knew it's because I was just, I started out too fast. And I don't know what it was, if I felt like I had more things to do that day, if I needed to get through with my run, but I was very impatient. The race you're in 
to become who God wants you to be, it's going to take time. In fact, it's going to take your entire life, okay? You're not going to get where God wants you to be quickly in a week or a month or a year. And this is something, y'all, I have to struggle with is because I am very impatient. In fact, Shannon and I were just talking this morning before I even came to church about how impatient. I was bringing it up, how impatient I am with certain things. I've, I've got to remember this, that God has a plan for my life and I can't rush it. And I don't want to rush it. Because his plan, scripture says, it's perfect. So that means that I cannot get impatient. You see, what happens is when you first become a Christian, you start growing really, really fast, right? And and as soon as you accept Jesus Christ and as soon as you become a part of the church, you're like, what can I do? Where can I serve? Where where can I grow? What can I read? Like, give it to me, you know, and all this stuff. And then you're soaking it up and you grow and grow and grow and grow. And then over time, what happens is it tends to slow down just a little bit. But... Here's what I'd say. It becomes a little bit more stable. And it becomes a little bit more secure over a long period of time. And God, God is looking at our life and he's like, listen, I'm not in a hurry to grow you where you need to be. You may be in a hurry, but God's not. My favorite Rick Warren quote, and I use this all the time. Those of, the, those of you that were in my Wednesday night Zoom group, I've already used this. But he says, you know, when God wants to make a mushroom, he takes six hours. When he wants to make an oak tree, he takes 60 years. What do you want to be? And I want to be that oak tree that over time, spiritual growth, that I'm just digging my roots deeper and deeper and deeper into the ground so that when the strong winds come in life, they don't knock me around. So it's why we try at the ridge to give you next steps. You know, that's why we try to offer things like getting a Christmas gift for a child and getting out there and serving and serving on Sunday mornings. And, and, the, and it's the study guide at the end of the message notes. Hopefully sometime during the week you take that study guide and maybe you don't do all the questions, but at least you do one. At least you take a step and you're moving closer and closer and closer a little bit each day. And can I be honest for a minute? I think... This is one of the reasons that people tend to jump around from churches to churches sometimes. I think, and if I can just be honest a little bit, I I think that they like to spend a little bit of time at this church because it's new people and it's new feelings and it's new experiences. And so they jump over there and they're looking for that explosive growth. And then when they get there, it's like, ah, but then it kind of levels out. And they don't know what to do with that. So they start looking for another church. And then they jump over there and they they get that same kind of spiritual high, you know, but then over a couple years, it's like, ah. You see, where do you think you experience more spiritual growth? A big jump every once in a while or or, or grabbing a church family and just, you know, steady by steady, taking step by step each day, moving closer and closer to Christ. I think, I think that consistently moving forward is good. I think that patience and steady growth over time is better. And I think that's what God wants, is to keep being patient, but keep moving forward one step at a time, realizing that it takes a while. Point number three is this. I got to spend time with Jesus. I got to spend time with Jesus. And I take this from Hebrews 12, 
verse two, it says this, keep your eyes on Jesus. It, it goes on to say he is our leader. He is our instructor. He's the one that we're following in the race of life. You cannot become, listen, you cannot become more godlike without spending time with him. It's, it's not possible. It means that I have to be willing, you gotta be willing to spend a little bit of time with him each and every day. And please don't freak out, like I'm not talking about an hour or two hours each day. I'm talking about 10, I'm talking about 15 minutes a day. I think it's really good right now just to evaluate ourselves. Look back on your past week, and let me ask you, how much time did you give with Jesus this week? Think, think about it each day. Did you give him 10 minutes one day? Did you give him 15 minutes one day? Did you give him, I, I don't know, 10 minutes, two days, three days? Do you have a normal time to be with him? If not, why? Like, what is it? What, if this is part of the process, y'all, if this is what it means to fit in with God and to understand more of my purpose and his plan for my life is to become more like Jesus, why am I not spending that time that I need to with him? What is more important than that? I'm afraid to say that I, I think people have more of a relationship with their Facebook app than they do with Jesus Christ. In fact, you want to dig in, you, you want to really know, and this is something that gets me every time, and it's the reason I don't swipe right on my iPhone. Everybody's got an iPhone, swipe right right now, and you'll see a little time management thing that shows how much time you've been on your iPhone. I don't know. If you got, if you got anything else on iPhone, I lost. I don't know. But there's an app that will tell you. And sometimes I look at that, and I'm amazed. And sometimes I look at that, and I'm like, I only gave Jesus so much time this morning. Why in the world? Did I do that? What's more important? It's important because we become what we think about the most, right? What we're taking in the most of, that's what, that's what we're leaning on becoming. Like, if I wanted to become a business tycoon and just make a ton of money, if I wanted my business to have a stock price that equal that of Amazon, like his stock price is like $3,000 per share, like what I would do is I would study Jeff Bezos or Bezos, however you say his name, and I would study his life and I would study his interviews and I would look and I would say to myself, now what in this situation, like from what I know about Jeff, like what would he do? What decisions would he make? You see, if you want to become like Jesus, if this is part of the plan, if this is part of the purpose, then I've got to, if that's my goal, I've got to be able to spend time with him. I've got to know what he says. I've got to know how he lived. And you know what? When it comes to spending time with Jesus, it doesn't matter when you do it. Just make sure you do it. You know, when it comes for me, my, my favorite time is in the morning. And every night before I go to bed, this is one of the things I do. I preset my coffee. How many of y'all preset your coffee so that it's ready? Okay, I got a few coffee lovers out there. It's got to be ready so that when I wake up, man, that's a, I, even, it, Jesus knows I got to have my coffee first. I'll go to my coffee, and then I will go to my favorite chair, and I will sit down, and I will spend 15 minutes, and I read through a chapter in a book, I read through a chapter in the Bible, and then I spend 15 minutes praying. And I usually pray about whatever's stressing me out, whatever I'm concerned about. There's been a lot that's been going on right now that we've been praying through. And then I try to be quiet and I let God talk a little bit. You know, let me give you a little bit of tip when it comes to this point. 
when it comes to spending time with God, if, if you want that time to be important, here, here's one thing you can do today is that you can find a special spot to make that happen. You know, find a, find a chair, find a, find a place in your home and just say, you know what, this is it. This is my area. This is where it's going to happen each and every day. Maybe prepare it and get it ready. Put a blanket there in case it's cool in the morning. Preset the coffee. Put your Bible there. Put your app there. Whatever's, whatever it's going to make that place special. You know, where, where you can just spend time with God, where you can pray to Him, where maybe even you can talk out loud to God. If you do that, then I would suggest a private place to be. Otherwise, people are going to think you're crazy. Um, I usually talk out loud to God and I say my, you know, um, the reason it's okay is because, you know, I don't answer myself. When I start answering myself, then we can, you know, then it's a little bit of a gray area. But private place, just a little spot and have that ready to go. Guess what? The reason I say this is having a special spot is important when it comes to spending time with Jesus because he had a special place. In fact, Wayne, did I put this scripture in here from Luke 22? Yeah. Look at this. Jesus left the city, Jerusalem, and he went to the Mount of Olives, as he often did. And his followers went with him. They went there to pray. And this was his place, as he often did, as he often went to this spot in the Mount of Olives. And I've been there. And guess what? That would have been a special place. for. I would have chosen that place. It's amazing. But Jesus had a place where he went, where he prayed, where he spent time with God. And if it was that important to him, then it's got to be important to us. The more you study, the more you're going to become like him. The more you read about his life, the more you pray to him, you're going to become more like him. Is it important to you? Make sure it is. Point number four. Point number four. I spent too much time on that one. Point number four is find a team. You got to find a team, okay? It's your race. Nobody can run your race for you, okay? God has a plan and a purpose for each person in you. But you do need people that will support you. And you know what? As you go through life, you're going to need different people at different stages in life, and that's okay. And you know what? When I talk about this, it's important to understand that I'm not talking about 100 people. I'm not saying that you got to have 100 people around. You need to be a part of a church family, yeah. But when it comes to the support, you don't even need 10 people. You just need Two, three, maybe four people that are with you, that are competing with you, that are pushing and moving you forward. Look at this verse in Hebrews, this next verse. It says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Other translations say this. They say, let us, instead of motivate, they say, let us encourage and let us spur one another on. This idea of one another just pushing us to compete well and to finish the race in life. Keep, keep reading. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. This is so important right here. Okay, this is so important for us right now to hear because of everything that's going on right now. It's hard to be together. But Scripture says, Scripture says, don't neglect it. Don't neglect our meeting together. Okay, well, what am I trying to get at here? Listen, I'm not trying to say that if you're, if you're not ready to be in a situation, if you're at risk and you can't be on Sunday mornings with everybody, that, you know what, that's okay. That, that's okay. I'm just trying to say right now, people are feeling isolated. 
And it's never been more important than right now, I feel like, than to have a core group that you're talking with, that you're meeting with, that you're leaning into. And you know what? It doesn't have to be in person. We're also accustomed to Zoom now. You could even online right now, you could put in the comment section of Facebook and just have some connection with other people. It's important and we can't neglect it. We got to have a group to run with. And when we have a group that believes in us, man, what that does is it helps us live into the calling that God has for us. It helps, it helps us have the courage to keep moving forward, to keep running, even when we're exhausted or even when we stumble and fall, and even when you feel like you can't finish the race. You know, I, I realized how important this verse was at the beginning of this whole um, quarantine thing. We had, a, uh, we had a group that was going through a study together, a small group. And I told everybody starting out this group, I was like, you know, unless something happens, like we're not, ne- we're not going to neglect our meeting together. We're, we're going we're gonna to meet. And it was a small group. And we had some people that were meeting in person. We had some people meeting Zoom. And both were great. And both were working well. And I'll tell you this, it was one of the reasons that I had such a positive growth time during all of this is because I was running with and I was supported by another group. And now all those groups, they're all now in groups. And they're meeting with people. And some of them are meeting in really small groups in person. Others are meeting on Zoom, but they're making it happen. And it just made me realize all of this, like during this crazy time that we're in, it's never been more important to be a part of something, to be a part of a group. I really enjoyed my Wednesday night Zoom group uh, Bible study that I had. And some of you are like, okay, well, I missed out on the journey groups and I missed out on the re-engage and I didn't join in at at the beginning of the fall. Like, what does that mean for me now? Here's the deal. I know that you have three or four people that you know that you could run through life together with. You know, you can form your own Zoom group. You can pull people in. I would love to talk to you about the Bible study. We have an online Bible study that you can check out and there's hundreds and I think there's even thousands of titles available but you could make this happen it's really easy and I would love to help you with it because it's important it's important to have people that you can lean into it's important to help you become more like Christ let us not neglect meeting together and then the last one is this I want you to know point number five is that God is cheering for you When it comes to becoming more like Christ and running in that race, you have got Jesus as your number one fan in your life cheering you on. I love the way that the message puts this. Look look at this next verse. It says, all these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying here is like, man, just imagine God in heaven and all the believers just, just standing around and cheering as you keep pushing forward in life. And the reason, the reason this is hard for some of us to wrap our minds around is because some of us, we think of God as this stern figure that's only happy with us when we do the right thing. Or when we're very close to the finish line and we're almost there. That's the only point that God is actually happy with us. But he celebrates each stage in life. And you know what? At each stage in life, we expect different things, right? 
You know, I, I was thinking about this the other night when I was playing tennis with my girls. They're, they're both grown up now, and man, they are learning to play so well, and I'm so proud of them. But I still remember, you know, you had those moments as a parent when you remember when they were little, and like, you know, you just want to sit there and reminisce. I'm like, hey, let's stop playing. Let's just sit down and reminisce old times, and let's talk about how it used to be. Back when y'all were this little, and we, you know, I was teaching them to throw, and uh, I mean, hit, hit the ball, and I'd throw the ball, and they'd bounce, and you know, every time they made contact with the ball, I was like, yeah, that was running around, just that obnoxious dad, you know. I'll tell you what I didn't do. If they ever swung a mist, I didn't get onto them. You know, I didn't make them run laps around the court until they could get right and just, you know, say, you're never going to get this and try to, you know, just be upset with them. Listen, listen, some of you might be feeling a little down right now when it comes to your spiritual growth. But I want you to know that God's not upset with you. He looks at us like a child growing up and every stage in life is important and he is with us every step of the way. And some of us, we look at our own life and we have our own expectations that we need to strip back a little bit because we feel bad and we, we think that God is looking down on heaven from us at us and going, man, you're never gonna get it. Like you're never gonna get anywhere. You're never gonna compete. Listen, Scripture says there's no condemnation in Jesus when we accept him as our Savior, right? He is cheering you on every stage in life. And that is a big deal to understand because sometimes that shame we feel can hold us back. And not only does God cheer for us, I love this, not only is he cheering for us every stage of the race, but he grabs all the, all the saints. Just imagine them in the stands and you're running around and they're just cheering for you the whole time. He is for you. Don't ever forget that. So this is important. Like how do I fit in with God and his plan? Listen, you are meant to be loved by Jesus. You are meant to be in a relationship with him. You are meant to belong to a church family. You are meant to become more like Jesus, to run that race in life, and not just to run it, but man, to compete well. But when it comes to the race, we're gonna struggle at times. It's all part of being human. We've all been there. We all struggle. It's, it gets difficult at times, especially the times that we've been going through right now. But even though we stumble, we get up and we keep moving forward. We don't slow down. We keep pressing forward because we understand that the race isn't over. It's never too late to get back up and to get back in the game. And as your pastor, man, I want to help you cross that finish line and to cross it well. But as important as that may be, I also want you to compete well. I want you to keep moving forward into becoming more and more of who Jesus wants you to be. Let's pray together. Jesus, I just thank you for believing in us. When some people don't, when we don't even believe in ourselves sometimes, God, you believe in us. Thank you so much. Thank you for wanting this for us, God. For, for continuing to call out to us and to transform our lives into the image of your son, Jesus. Even though we struggle in life, God, 
We want to do the best that we can. We want to keep moving forward to become all that you want us to be. So, so Jesus, just help us. When, when it comes to stripping off the things that want to hold us back, that don't matter anymore, God, the stuff that only slows us down, God, help us. Help us to get rid of that. So help us to do a little evaluation, especially the sins that we have that just weigh us. And God, just thank you so much that you're patient with us. God, help us to be patient and help us not to get ahead of you, but to keep moving steady, to keep moving forward with you. And Jesus, God, thank you for the reminder this morning of what it means to keep our focus on you. So God, help us each and every day to spend time just to carve out a few minutes because it can mean so much. And Jesus, I just want to thank you so much for this wonderful church family here at the Ridge that is with us. We are united together. We are helping each other. We are spurring each other on. Help us not to neglect meeting together, whether that's in person or online, but God, help us to keep pushing and cheering each other on. Jesus, we thank you for your love. God, we thank you for the fact that you love us so much that you don't leave us alone, but you keep pushing us and you keep cheering for us. So God, we pray for the power of your spirit to help us change. And as much as we know how, we're gonna give you every part of our life to you. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.